Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Liv Griffiths and this is our look from everything from the Champions League to the National League. Joining me to look over everything that has happened over the last week is Alex Pereira, back for a third episode, and Fulham FC's Naomi Feltham. Great to see you both. Alex, this is the first time we've been introduced. Nice to have you on the podcast with myself. And nice to be on, Liv, and it's really like great to chat with you today. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, we've got a lot to get through, so let's go to it. Let's head back to midweek where it was FA Cup quarter final week. The most intriguing game was the North Arsenal and Spurs starting the season well in the WSL with 100% records. In the end, it proved to be one a one-sided affair as the Gunners ran out comfortable 5-1 winners. Rachel Williams had given Spurs an early lead, but Arsenal soon took control and were level inside 10 minutes through Mana Iwabuchi's first goal since her move from Aston Villa. Tang Gialli put the ball into her own net before Caitlin Ford and Nikita Paris also scored before the break. In the second half, Ford added her second and Arsenal's fifth. Arsenal now faced Brighton, who managed a narrow win over that championship side Charlton. Felicity Gibbons's thumping second-half strike proved enough for the Women's Super League side to knock out their championship visitors. It will be Brighton's first Women's FA Cup semi-final since, check this, 1976. Chelsea eventually saw off Birmingham City 4-0. Emma Hayes made eight changes from last weekend and the Blues struggled. But not to worry, as she brought on Fran Kirby and Sam Kerr. Yes, you guessed it. Kerr made an immediate impact with a neat header. And then Kirby scored twice in two minutes before Peniel Harder sealed victory. They will face Manchester City, who brushed aside Leicester 6-0 thanks to a hat-trick from Jamaican striker Khadija Shaw, a penalty from Alex Greenwood, Vicky Lasada, and substitute Philippa Angeldar. Alex, games like true form as a whole, but who stood out for you in this tie? Who would you say? I mean, I, I think for me, probably it's got to be Chelsea, the Chelsea game. Um, they'll obviously be disappointed to have lost the first game of the season against Arsenal, but they've come back, bounced back really well. And it just goes to show that that Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby partnership is a force to be reckoned with. I, I don't know how many goals they've got together combined off the top of my head, but it was an integral part to Chelsea winning the league last season and it's starting to come into fruition this season a little bit more. And Penilla Harder, what can what can you say about her leading scorer for her country? So she's taken some good form forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can agree that they are quite world-class players. Naomi, if you were to say you have to put money on it for this time going into the semi-finals who are your favorites who are going to win it uh, you'd have to say Chelsea are the favorites just on the form that they're in um and the goals that they're scoring but I mean it's pretty open to be honest it'd be very really interesting to see how they kind of manage the the FA Cup so early on in the season whereas normally you know you're playing FA Cup semi-final games later on in your season where you're kind of set in your ways and you've had a whole season behind you so playing the, F- the semi-finals this early will be really interesting see how they all kind of manage and um with Champions League as well um, but yeah, I'd say Chelsea are still the favourites. Alex, do you agree? I mean, the the nature of this cup, you always feel like there's an upset or maybe an underdog could win it. But would you say that Chelsea are the favourites or can you see someone else taking it? I think definitely at the minute, but Arsenal are looking quite strong as well. So you never know, it might be a London, full London final, a bit like the Continental Cup. But Chelsea did ring out winners there. 
But but like Naomi was saying, the form that Chelsea are in, the goals that they're scoring, they're not winning matches by like one or two nil. They're winning it three, four nil and not conceding many goals. So it's pretty hard to look past them at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about Chelsea and Arsenal later on in the WSL. But also in midweek, Hibernian attracted a new record crowd. They defeated Derby rivals Hearts 3-0 at Easter Road. The attendance of 5,512 for Hibs' first Edinburgh Derby at the Leith Stadium more than doubled the women's side previous record. Naomi, this is great news for the women's game north of the border, isn't it? I mean, you're a current player in the women's league. How good is it to have such a big crowd in attendance? Oh, it's huge. It's massive. I mean, you know, I can't, I don't, well, obviously, because it's got history, I don't recall any game like this, but even anywhere close to this, I don't recall a game having, especially in, in, in England, um, for, for me especially, there's nowhere near anything like this. So, yeah, it's brilliant and it's a great, it just shows you how much there is interaction with women's football um, all over the UK, which is brilliant. Alex, do you feel like that's kind of a press as to what the media are putting out and what these sort of TV rights are given to women's sport? Do you just feel like it's on the up now and these attendances could go higher and higher, even in Scotland, not just England? Yeah, definitely. We always talk about growing the game and seeing it to believe it. And by having a record crowd at this Edinburgh derby, little girls are seeing players in the flesh in action and it gives them someone to look up to and aspire to be and like Naomi says it's just groundbreaking and it's such a positive move for the women's game and not just for England like you say it's only going to help grow football in Scotland and then expand to the rest of the UK. Yeah I really love that the women's game after the after the game's finished all the women they come out and they see the fans and they interact with them so I hope as the game progresses and more and more come to see it, they they never lose that shine. And it looks interesting at the top of the table as well. So we'll have a look at that later on. But back to the south of the border and on Saturday, the Arsenal juggernaut continued at a speed as they defeated Aston Villa 4-0 at Villa Park. In the week, Carla Ward had said she's been having 12 players on the opposition side in training as it as it kind of felt like that's what they'd have to come up against against Arsenal. Even if she had 12 players, I doubt that would have stopped Arsenal's form. Kim Little opened the scoring after a smart turn, which turned out to be a 150th Arsenal goal before Mana Uwabuchi added a second against former club, for which she got booed to, actually. And Katie McCade scored the goal of the game as she capitalised on a poor clearance by Hannah Hampton by lobbing the ball back over her head from over 25 yards before Little added her second with a wicked deflection. Arsenal are currently top of the Women's Super League. Naomi, Arsenal, they just keep going on and on and on and rise into the occasion. Are you surprised at how well they've started, given, you know, sort of Chelsea and Man City and all the other teams that they're going to have to come against this season? Yeah, I mean, they've had a solid start to the season. I mean, they've scored 16 goals and only conceded two, which is outstanding to be honest um and they've played some big teams you know they've already played Chelsea and beaten them so it's not like they've been playing you know lower teams within that league and winning and they've been winning quite comfortably you know 4-0 win against Aston Villa is a strong a strong win so um yeah I mean they're dominating at the moment and looking really strong and hopefully they can continue that form within the FA Cup and in the Champions League but it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks when they've got travel behind them and they're having to travel throughout Europe or travel you know a bit further afield um for a away games it'd be interesting to see how that form whether that form stays in but yeah they're looking very very strong right now 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and for a team that probably don't have to travel so far, Alex, because they don't have things like the Champions League, despite the setback for Villa, in which Carla Ward had said the two teams are miles apart, you still feel like Villa are in a good place, definitely better than what they were last season, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I just think they were a little bit unlucky to come up against a very strong Arsenal side. I think given Arsenal season last year, they would have probably been hurt when they lost to like local rivals like Chelsea. So there seems to be a shift in mentality this season that they just want to go out there, score goals, play good football and have that winner's mentality. And like Naomi said, it's going to be really interesting to see how they perform when they've got that travel in their legs and they've got other matches and it's not just focused solely on the league. So they're in good form now. But whether it continues, you just don't know. No, it's very unpredictable, this league, isn't it? Um, I'm going to ask you both this. I wanted to add this question into the podcast. I'll come to you first, Naomi. I was watching the BBC coverage of this game and it was discussed at the end whether Katie McCabe is one of the best currently, if not one of the world's best wingbacks at the moment. Do you agree with this statement? Um, I'd definitely say she's up there. I mean, obviously, before in her form, you know, Lucy Bronze was probably the best wing-back in the league, if not in the world. Um, but due to her injury, obviously, she's out at the moment. So, you know, there's definitely room to fit in there and 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 show their form. And, I, you know, I definitely think she's up there with, with the best. Whether she's the best is debatable, but she's definitely within that bracket, um, 100%. And um, it's, it's great to see such you know a variety of talent before you always kind of had the, the same players year in year out being that consistently top you know within their positions and top players but now we're seeing different names and um yeah I think she's definitely within that bracket 100%. Alex do you agree? Yeah I agree with what Naomi said but I also think you don't want to give a player that sort of like you know world's best wingback status too early because it can have a serious impact on their performances when they find out oh everyone thinks I'm the best and then their form can start to dip so you have to be very careful about when you say it and yes she's very talented but she's still got time to learn and grow and really hone in her craft to become the best wing back but let's move on to current the actual current WSL champions Chelsea who continued their fine form with a 3-1 win over Brighton at Kings Meadow Emma Hayes's side suffered their only league defeat of last season in a corresponding fixture and she said that they would show Brighton the utmost respect Guru Wrighton gave the host a deserved early lead with a drilled finish from the corner of the area. Sam Kerr headed over Megan Walsh to double the Blues' lead late in the sec- in the first half. Daniel Carter pulled one back for Brighton early in the second half, but Bethany England completed the scoring. Fran Kirby was in irresistible form as ever with a hat-trick of assists. Emma Hay said it should have been done and dusted a lot sooner. She found fault with all the wins so far. Alex, is this what makes her so good as a coach that she's always picking these points with her team of how they can get better and better? Yeah, I just love Emma Hayes so much. She's such a good manager in that they beat Manchester United 6-1 last week and she was like, no, it's not good enough. There's still things to improve. And I think that's what makes a winning side and a good manager is that despite you're winning comfortably, there's still things you can work on because I feel like sometimes with players they think oh just because we're top of the league or we're like the best players in the world that they're not willing to put in the effort and I think having a manager that kind of 
brings you back down to earth and makes you realize you have to work for everything nothing's given to you for free and like she said I do agree they could have sealed the game a lot sooner but maybe I think the last time they played Brighton it was quite windy it was similar um weather conditions I think maybe that was played on the players minds a little bit because they did end up losing their winning however many matches 20 odd matches against Brighton so maybe they were a bit wary in their play but Sam Kerr had a whole range of chances and she didn't capitalize so maybe that's an area although her and Kirby are working together individually that might be an area for her to improve but 3-1 Emma Hayes can't be too disappointed grabbing all the points no absolutely and it's interesting that you mentioned Kerr Naomi do you feel like there's a better partnership in the league right now I know it's very early days but given what was happening in the in the last season do you think there's a better partnership right now than Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby they just seem so in sync with one another yeah, I don't think there's really anyone at all. Um, they're just they're just outstanding together. They just know, they they know exactly where the other one is at all times. Their their runs on and off the ball is is fantastic. And yeah, they just they just work so well together. And I think they if they can continue with their form and touch wood, no you know no injuries to set them back. I think that they'll be a force to be reckoned with coming for moving forward. Especially as you know they've got more games coming up. And yeah, I think they'll be I think they'll be outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's not all about Chelsea. Alex, Brighton, despite a defeat, they've had a pretty good start, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Like Chelsea are a side that don't tend to concede many goals on average. So to get one against them, you're doing something right. And yeah, they have had a good they've had a better start to this season than I think some would have predicted. Because last season it was a bit of a struggle for them. But there seems to be a shift in mentality. The coaches and the players seem to be gelling well together. So maybe that's helped a little bit more. Maybe some of the Brighton players with them not perhaps playing in the Olympics, that can also have a good a big impact so that they have more time to gel as a squad and learn learn what partnerships work best with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just Brighton that have had a good start. Leicester City's Sophie Howard took over our Instagram stories, but on the field, it was another defeat for her side as the Foxes went down to informed Spurs, who bounced back well from that midweek defeat in the FA Cup. Rachel Williams opened the scoring for Spurs from a corner as the striker netted her second goal in two WSL games for Rianne Skinner's side. Substitute Angela Addison doubled the visitors' leads from close range in the second half. They remained second on goal difference behind their North London rivals. Naomi, it's so great, isn't it, to see someone like Spurs like like in second place at the moment. Like, Rianne Skinner must be the happiest coach in the league right now, surely. I, I would definitely, 100%. I mean, they've been building on this for a few years now. You know, they've been putting a lot of money into the squad and building up and bringing a lot of you through. And you can see now that it's starting to pay off and they're really starting to gel and, and grow as a team. And, you know, looking at the game, they had nine shots on target and um, Leicester had none. They just had two shots, um, but they weren't on target. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a solid defence um, and looking looking good. And attacking-wise, they're, you know, they're scoring goals. They're, you know, making chances and they're doing really well. So I think, yeah, definitely you'd be the happiest, uh, you'd be the happiest manager in the in that in that league right now, definitely. And we've we've seen this before last season. Everton had a great start to the season and then it slowly faded away for them. But Naomi, do you think Spurs can keep it up? 
I think they've got the depth there, definitely. It just they just need to be, you know, pr- providing that they're lucky with no serious injuries or anything like that. I think that they can they can fight for that the top four position, definitely. Um, providing that you know, as you say, nothing serious happens and they don't lose any key players, I think it could be a good season for them. I don't think they'll be title contenders, but definitely top four if they can they can really push and keep that keep that momentum going. No, and and like you said earlier, you know, they've had a lot they've been building on this they've had a lot of investment speaking of investment Alex for Leicester it's a bit of a rude awakening isn't it are you you surprised given you know all the backing and playing at the King Power and everything they've thrown into the women's game do you think they should be doing a, a little bit better by now I think so but also they are a newly promoted side so they are probably still trying to find their feet in the league and adjust to it but investment-wise, might not have gone the way that the manager has wanted. I think with the other sides, a lot of them are quite well gelled. They've been in the league a while. It's might be for, for Leicester just trying to find the right combinations. And so far, it hasn't worked for them. But that's not to say they can't turn their season around. And Sophie, if you're listening, we'll let you take over the Instagram stories again. Hopefully we didn't put that hoodoo on a bad result. But for Manchester City, speaking of bad results, it's a third straight defeat in a row as they were beaten at home by West Ham United. Dagny Brignard's daughter, header, and a fantastic year, Hazigoa, chipping the keeper from 40 yards in added time, sealed the win. West Ham are up to fourth. City are down all the way to ninth position. Oli Hodder says his girls have set the standard now, while Gareth Taylor insists he's still the right man for Man City going forward. Naomi, I mean, Man City, they have so many injuries at the moment. Lots of first-team players out, like we mentioned Lucy Bronze earlier on. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously you've got Steph out as well and a few key players, and it's interesting It's, it's as we've looked before, there's only 12 um, teams in that league. So, you know, you you haven't got much leg, like wiggle room before things start looking downhill. You know, you start playing six, seven, eight games. You're almost halfway through and you're thinking, mm, how many games have we won? Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be another few weeks. Give it three or four games. And if they're on that same role, it's, it's going to be looking a bit tricky for them. Um, I don't doubt that at all that they'll come back and bounce back and at least, you know, that whether they'll be title contenders is debatable, but I think that they'll definitely be fighting for a top four position. Um, but yeah, as you say, like give it three or four more weeks and we're having this discussion again, we could be in a very different situation as, you know, the league is so much smaller than the men's. Um, it's, it's tricky to kind of pull yourself back from when you're so many points behind. And then when you look at the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham on a roll, um, even West Ham, you know, you've got to clawing points back from, from big teams and it's quite tricky. And it's interesting you mentioned that because obviously this league is a lot smaller than we used to. And we saw a tweet from your manager, actually, Steve Jay, which said that low numbers in the league mean that Manchester City could almost be written off already, even though they've only played so many games. Do you feel like changes need to happen in this league in, you know, just to sort of make it more competitive? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you feel like now that they've lost three, like you said, they, they're only going to be competing for a top four now because there's so little games? Yeah, yeah, it's so difficult because obviously you want as many teams competing at that level as possible. But when you look at the gap between the quality of the teams between WSL and Championship and even below that, um, it's so vast in 
in the quality there. And, you know, you've got players that are full time on a, on a full salary and you go, you go down to a league who players are on not even part time, some of them and, you know, on a, on and working full time jobs. So it's really, really tricky. Obviously we'd want, we'd love to have 18 teams, 18, 20 teams competing in that league at a really top level and you get 38 games a season like the men. Um, but I just don't think that's possible at the moment. And it, and again, it's going to have to come from the bottom up because the teams like myself at Fulham, you know, obviously we're going to have to be pushing for that next level to then go up. And, you know, I was looking earlier on at some of the results in the National League Cup and, you know, Crawley Wasps, who play in the Southern Prem, beat London Seawood 11-0 and there are only one league be- between the two. And to be fair, Seawood didn't have their full team, full squad out. However, to beat someone 11-0, only one league below you is is crazy you know so the difference in leagues is is quite significant so I think that there needs to be a few more years of investment to bring up different level of teams into that league otherwise there's no point in having 18 teams in that league when half of them aren't going to win a game all season so it's really tricky yeah it's an interesting debate because we don't we don't just talk about the gaps in between the leagues but sometimes we talk about the gaps in the WSL and Alex teams like Spurs and West Ham we kind of thought that they were in the lower leagues of even the, the WSL but Oli Harder's gone about his business really quietly, hasn't he? But they're sitting fourth. They must be feeling pretty like pretty good right now, right? Yeah, I think the fact that they managed to beat Manchester City, who you would think it, the result would be reversed and Man City would win 2-0. But them having confidence in beating Man City will just help them hopefully go on a run of games and we want to see things like that in the league. We want to see barriers broken. We want to see different combinations at the top four because it can be quite boring if it's always Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United. So it's nice to have a so-called outside team in there vying for a top spot. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. And speaking of more outside teams, Everton got back-to-back wins with the dominant first-half display against Reading. Anna Anvergaard's first goal for the club and strikes from Claire. Emsley and Danielle Turner put Willie Cook's side in control in the first half. Reddin, who lost defender Deanne Cooper and captain Natasha Harding to injury, remained goalless and pointless at this point in the season. Alex, Everton had a really poor start. I mean, those heavy defeats to Man City and Chelsea. I mean, they're starting to find their feet a bit more now. When, when they're playing teams that are a little bit lower in the league... I mean, Willie Cook must be happy with the bounce back, surely. Yeah, I think if they'd not got any wins by now, it was looking very, very dicey. But they got that first win under the belt, then they won again. So it sometimes it's just about getting that confidence in the league because it is quite a fast-paced league, even though it is short. So it's good for Everton and hopefully, you know, it can inspire them to think, you know, yeah, we may have lost heavily to Chelsea and City, but there is enough belief and quality in our side to go on and perhaps beat Spurs or West Ham. Yeah, absolutely. And the three points is what counts. Naomi, I hate to ask uh, ask this question because I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Kelly Chambers. I think she's great, but do you feel like now is the talking point maybe her job's a little bit of pressure with Reading. I mean they've not started well have they this season not at all yeah I'd say that she's definitely under pressure at the moment um you know been there a while but yeah there comes a point where it's 
kind of pushing on. And as, as I've said about Man City, you know, you give it three or four more games and then you're really clawing back. And, you know, if you still haven't had a win under your belt by the end of October, um, when the, a women's international break comes in, it's going to be really, really tricky. So, yeah, I'd say she's definitely under a bit of pressure at the moment. Hopefully, you know, they can t- try and turn things around. But it's a, it's a difficult one when you've come off the back of, you know, consistent losses. It's difficult with Reading because I feel like they have so much quality in this squad, but they just can't seem to get the goals. Do you think that's that's just it? Is that they just can't finish? Or do you think there's like a deeper root uh, of something going on there? It's, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, from looking at them, you know, they just can't seem to, they're not clinical enough in the final third. But then again, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Is there deeper issues going on? No one really knows unless you're there. But yeah, look, from, from looking at them on the pitch, yeah, they're just not clinical enough in front of goal. And when it comes to those, you know, important situations where you can maybe claw back, it, they're not really doing it. And that's where the issues lie. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, hopefully they can try and bounce back and get, and get you know, a, a good week of training under their belt and come back next week stronger. But, yeah, it's not looking good at the moment. No, indeed it's not. And they're not the only team struggling at the moment. As the last game of the weekend saw Manchester United return to winning ways in the Women's Super League with a 2-0 victory over Birmingham City at St Andrews. Leah Galton and Ella Toon scored either side of half-time as Mark Skinner's side beat his former club. Ex-Chelsea defender Hannah Blundell assisted both goals. Defeat sees the Blues set mm, the most unwanted record for the longest winless home run in WSL history reaching 17 matches without victory. Scott Booth's side are one of three, as we mentioned, to have lost all four of their WSL games so far this season, along with Leicester and Reading. Alex, the appointment of Scott Booth, a flurry. I mean, I know lots went out of the door, but lots came in the door this summer. You felt like Birmingham were going to do business, but what do you think's gone wrong in the Midlands? I think the fact that they are winless at home, you always consider your home ground to be a fortress where you can at least get points, not necessarily all the points, but at least a point. But the fact that they, they've set the record in the WSL for most losses at home really doesn't help the situation. It puts added pressure on them to go out and win those matches on the road. And if you're not winning at home and you're struggling away from home, it's not going to help. So like you say, they've had a lot of players come in and come out. Maybe some of them haven't played in the league before. I don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. It could be one of those things like Naomi said that we, we're not seeing the bigger picture, but something's got to change soon because no one wants to have a record like that. So hopefully they can get some points at home, but it is looking quite bleak for them at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're probably counting on people like, well, I say people, clubs like Reading, who are also not having a great start. But Naomi, a heavy defeat to Chelsea last week, a win this week. Mark Skinner, he would be happy with the team's response for United, wouldn't he? It shows their characters, what they're all about, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I watched the game this evening and they look great. I mean, Birmingham had some brilliant chances and they just didn't put them away, to be honest. And they could have gone 1-0 up. But Manchester United were very clinical, scored a great goal. Um, and yeah, and then came back and scored a second. And both were very, very strong. And they were they dominated Birmingham all over the pitch, to be honest. They were strong, physical um, and just clinical in front of goal. All of the things Birmingham weren't, unfortunately, today. But yeah, you'd be, you'd be very, very happy at the moment if you were the Man United's manager. Yeah, absolutely. 
a good week or overall in the WSL. So we'll look at the championship next. Durham, Durham have hit the top four for the first time this season following a 2-0 win over Lewis thanks to goals from Ellie Christen and Bridget Galloway. Naomi, Durham have always, they kind of always been there, but not quite good enough to get to the WSL. Do you feel like this season could be the one? They're so consistent, aren't they? They are very consistent. And, you know, I, I know that they're working hard behind the scenes. You know, I follow them closely on Twitter as I studied there and I've trained them for a while. Um, so I know the setup quite well. And, yeah, they're working really, really hard behind the scenes to push for that promotion. It's, it's really tricky, though, isn't it? Because you look at teams like Leicester that have gone up and likely bounce back quite quickly. And then they're struggling for a win. And it's such a big gap between being promoted and going full time. Um, and, you know, a lot of these women are, you know, working as well as doing WSL um, stuff. So it's really, really tricky. But my my hope is that they'll go up because, you know, it'd be great to see them. And the setup there is brilliant with the university. But it can, it, they've got to keep that consistency going. They've still got a, few, a lot of big games to go. You know, they've got the Continental Cup coming up against Man United. So it's going to be a tricky few weeks for them. But hopefully they can keep that run going. And, you know, that they're, they're again, at home, they are a fortress. They very rarely lose at home. They've got a great setup there. They get some, they get well over 500 fans at their games. So, yeah, hopefully they can keep the run going. I'm rooting for them. Well, it's always a competitive league, isn't it? The championship and Sheffield United dropped to second, two points behind Durham as they could only draw nil-nil at Crystal Palace. Liverpool are in third after a 2-0 win at second bottom Coventry United. The home side were hampered by the sending off of Grace Rigler on 33 minutes. It took until 20 minutes from time when two goals in four minutes from Leanne Kernan gave the Reds the victory. Big news out of the club as well. They have persuaded Russ Fraser to leave his role as head of women's football at Leicester to move to Merseyside and become their first ever managing director. Fraser said, without putting too much pressure on, the aim is to get promotion as quickly as possible. We not only want to be playing in the WSL, we want to be competitive in it. Alex, we've said for years now that compared to the men's team, Liverpool haven't always sort of given the same investment into the women's and taking it seriously. Do you think this appointment shows their intent of what they're all about now? Yeah, definitely. Because before you could really see the difference between the men and the women's team and that a lot more investment was going into the men's team that Liverpool women were sort of just a forgotten entity. And with this appointment, it shows that, you know, we can't we can't just discard our women's team. If we want them to improve and want them to get better, we need to invest. And this appointment seems like a positive move for Liverpool and hopefully it can help them get back to the WSL and go further in competitions. So yeah, it's looking really positive so far, but I don't want to jinx it too much because we haven't actually seen much in action. Yeah, absolutely. Put your money where where your mouth is, as we always say with these things. But elsewhere in the Championship, London City Lionesses move level on points with Liverpool, thanks to a last gap Amy Rogers goal to take all three points at Blackburn. Charlton had a comfortable 4-0 win at bottom of the table. Watford, thanks to a hat-trick from Elise Hughes. Bristol City move up into seventh after beating early season leader Sunderland, who slipped down to sixth following that defeat. Even though this FA Cup season is yet to finish, the next season's FA Cup has also started this weekend. So it means there are only a few teams in action in the National League. So I'm going to hand over to Naomi to run us through those results. Thanks, Liv. Um, so, yeah, so the Northern Prem 
there was only a few games today due to a few being postponed. However, Field um, kept their dominant run and stayed top of the league by beating Middlesbrough 3 0. Um, we also had um, a draw with, between Brighthouse Town and West Brom of 1 1. Burnley beat Loughborough Lightning 3 0. Huddersfield Town beat Stoke City 5 1. Uh, Nottingham Forest lost to Derby County 2 0. Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Football Club beat Hull City 4 0. Um, and then moving on to the Southern Prem. So Ipswich Town and Southampton kept their unbeaten runs in the Southern Prem. Ipswich beat London Bees 3 1. And Southampton beat Kensham Town 9 0. Um, other results in that league uh, Bridgewater United beat Plymouth Argyle 3 0. Cardiff City beat Hounslow 4 0. Crawley, Crawley Wasps beat Oxford United 1-0, which was a brilliant win for them at home against a strong Oxford. Gillingham beat Portsmouth 3-0. And that was that was it for the Southern Prem. So some big results. I mean, Ipswich Town and Southampton are looking like they're kind of running away with the Southern Prem. They've neither of them have lost a game. So it'd be interesting to see when they play one another. And in the Northern Prem, Field and Wolverhampton are pulling away along with Derby County. Field have played 7-1-5. So looking looking very competitive in the Northern Prem. Um, and as you said, a lot of teams in the National League and lower leagues played in the FA Cup this weekend. So there wasn't as many games. As always, we'll keep a close eye on all of those results. As we mentioned earlier, exciting early season in Scotland as Glasgow City, despite winning the title for the last 14 seasons, aren't having it their way this season. They demolished Spartans 9-0, but are only top on goal difference from Celtic and one point behind Rangers with all three teams unbeaten so far. Can Glasgow be beaten this year? Keep tuned to see and we will find out. Looking ahead to midweek, Arsenal are in Champions League action on Tuesday as they take on last season's winners, Barcelona. Alex, I mean, as far as opening fixtures go, this has got to be pretty tough for Arsenal. Despite how how well they're doing in the league, we, we can't deny how dominant Barcelona were in the final last season, can we? Exactly that. Right, Chelsea aren't exactly an easy side to brush over and they brush them over with ease with a 4-0 win. So Arsenal better be prepared to have long spells of the game without the ball because Barcelona are one of them teams that just run rampant. Like, all, I think, like, for the European awards, I think on the women's side especially, all the trophies went to Barcelona players and the coach. So, you know, they are a phenomenal side. So, for Arsenal to even possibly get a point, they've got to sit back, let, let Barca come to them and then attack because if they try and go all guns blazing it's probably not gonna work and they might find themselves down two or three goals very quickly like you said guns there you meant the gunners but no 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 i was joking it's just a play on words but yeah we talk about the gaps but i think barcelona was so dominant even in their league that that whole gap is a whole other debate but former winners leon also kick off their campaign campaign with a trip to sweden to take on hacken they also have a tough group at as last season's semi-finalists Bayern Munich are also in Group D. On Wednesday evening, it's the term of Groups A and B. Chelsea face former winners Wolfsburg in their opening game. Naomi, Chelsea's group could give them a problem as we know Wolfsburg, they've been finalists before. They've always had a good season. They've always, you know, sort of been competitive in the Champions League. It's not necessarily going to be an easy group to get out of, is it? 
Definitely not, no. And um, I, I was reading earlier that this is the most played fixture in Champions League history. Chelsea and Wolfsburg have faced each other nine times. Um, so it's not going to be an easy one. And it's they're not necessarily a bogey team. They're just that team that they just seem to come across regularly. Um, and it's kind of win one, lose one. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of, they kind of lost in the early days back in 2015, 16, 17, 18. So it's going to be a tricky one. They're never easy. They're never an easy team to play. And it'll be a great game, I think, uh, yeah, Wolfsburg will want to kind of get their get their game back against them. See the Chelsea got to the final last year, so it'd be an interesting game. Yeah, it's a fascinating um, group of tables, isn't it? And Group B is also tasty with PSG coming off the back of a first ever French league title. Have the prospect of facing Real Madrid in their group, so we'll be keeping a close eye on all the action as those are massive games. To be fair. But for now, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much, Naomi, Alex. It's been a pleasure as always to have you on the podcast this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TWFP1 and Instagram. We're at the Women's Football Podcast. And also subscribe to all good podcasting platforms. Uh, Take care. Bye for now. (laughs) 